Welcome to Warbird Radio. I'm Matt Jolly. We're talking today to P-51 demo pilot R.T. Dixon. He's also a, uh, a historian, and he's just been in the Warbird business a very, very, very long time. He's a CFI. Uh, he's uh, just every rating you can think of, I think R.T. has it, including uh, the proprietor and owner of one of the world's most expensive Super Cubs, and we'll talk about that later today. R.T., how you doing, bud? I'm doing great, Matt. How are you doing? Did I get that right? One of the world's most expensive Super Cubs? I can neither confirm nor deny, yeah. although my insurance company gave me a lot of pushback and I told them the value was. So. <laughs> I love your Super Cub. To me, I mean, we think a lot alike in, in some stuff. We're friends. And uh, the, the Super Cub, when you showed me the paint scheme on this thing, I instantly knew i'm thinking it's the golf hawk which is one of the coolest paint schemes of all time and you put it on a super cub uh, sadly was... yeah sadly it's not many people are picking up on it now it's 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 interpreted for the cup uh, a lot of the the paint actual the lines are classic super cub paint but yeah the the, the colors and and uh, you know the uh, sunburst on the wings right. and the horizontal are Inspired by the golf hawk. Yeah, you didn't absolutely. go out and buy a carbon cub. You didn't. You didn't do any of that stuff. And I'm just giving you, you know, giving you a little hell over this because I think it's a funny story. But uh, you had an, an old 1960s real super cub, sent it out to Alaska uh, to be restored. And it's like every every aircraft restoration story that's ever happened. It's it's always more expensive than what you think. So every time I talk to you, you'd be like, oh my god. Oh my God! You're not going to believe this, but you know I'm having to sell a kidney because well, we need a new landing gear and we need a this and it's a this and it's a that and it it just it just adds up. So well, well, and what you didn't include in the intro is I'm a, a recovering banker. It's a twelve step process, uh, and and in addition to that, I have degrees in economics and finance. And the you knew short better. Story is, short story is I should know better. Absolutely, I should know better. <laughs> but here we are. Here something we are. about the cobbler's kids and barefoot or something. I don't know. So you grew up doing this stuff. You grew up in the warbird business. Your dad, hardworking guy, and uh, your whole family, just hardworking folks there in North Carolina. You had a, a big uh, heating and air company uh, down there. <laughs> yeah. So, so a long, long time ago, back in the middle of the last century. Wow, that makes it sound cold. But my grandfather, who was a banker, uh, worked for a small investment banking company, left and bought one of his portfolio companies, which was a heating and air distributorship. And it had about two story, two stores at the time. And he, and then his sons, uh, my dad and his, his brother, uh, and their brother-in-law kind of built that up over the years. So yeah, I grew up in a, in an entrepreneurial family, uh, in the uh, heating and air uh, distribution business. And now the rest is history. Your dad was a pilot and still flying to this day. Um, and he got into an airplane, one of these obscure warbirds, uh, that he fell in love with the buckaroo and, and saved one of them. Anybody who knows what a buckaroo is, is in love with it. It is. And, and I'm, I'm extremely privileged to, to be able to have, uh, have some time in one. It's uh yes. So he, he owned a Swift, uh, back in the early seventies. Um, just as I'm 
old enough to, you know, kind of sit up by myself, apparently, uh, which, by the way, was the first plane I ever flew, three years old, on my knees, in the right seat, with a lap belt, because you got to remember, safety first in the 70s. Right. Uh, and and I have vague memories of this, but as the story goes, he, he looked, you know, he looked over, because I thought I was wearing a headset, and goes, do you want to fly this? And and uh, I grabbed the control yoke and, and immediately rolled it to one of the locks. And he said we were about inverted before he responded fast enough to, uh, <laughs> to uh, recover the situation. But, um, yeah, so he had a Swift, and the buckaroo was derived from the Swift. It was an attempt by a Texas engineering and manufacturing company, otherwise known as Timco, which later became part of Ling Timco Vault and built amazing aircraft like the uh, – like the A7 Corsair II, but uh, Timco built a lot of sub-assemblies for, for different airframes, including P-51s during the war. But uh, the T-35 was their attempt at a uh, at a uh, trainer contract and competed with the Fairchild T-31 and the Beechcraft T-34. So, And we know how that worked. Uh, I mean, there are a whole lot more T-34s uh, than there are Timco buckaroos floating around. How many, well, there are, how many buckaroos but, are there left? Because they, they, there's, I'll, I'm going to let you get into the story because they did sell it, just not to where you're thinking. Right. So so um, the Air Force wound up not wanting the buckaroo. However, the first aircraft, so the, the contract was competed twice with, I mean, we can see that in this day and age. Somebody you know throws a flag on the play and wants to recon, recompete the contest. Um, and, and that's what happened. The Fairchild T-31 actually won the contract first, but... At that time, the Navy and Air Force didn't want to buy any trainers. It was sort of a, a, a weird thing. So they, Fairchild only built two of them, and if I remember correctly, only one still exists, and it's by the Navy designation, which is XNQ-1. And it, it looks like a very um, – like a thinner version of the T-28 as a tail dragger. Yeah. Radial I've seen the airplane, airplane before. I, I know you have, too. It's floating yeah. around some of the Warbird stuff. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But uh, so – when it was recompeted again, Fairchild wasn't in business, and, and the T-34 Mentor won. It was tricycle gear. The world was moving towards tricycle gear aircraft, um, and um, it, it performed a little bit better based on the engine they had in the, in the Buckaroo, which was woefully underpowered for, yeah. uh, at the time. But uh, they built about 19 of them. And Timco, after losing the contract, endeavored to continue to sell the platform, as a counterinsurgency model. It was equipped with two thirty cal machine guns, one on each wing, and could carry uh, up to 10 2.75-inch uh, zero-rail uh, rockets, unguided rockets, which um, the, um, the Saudi buck, as we call it, which is owned by the Swift, uh, Swift Museum Foundation, uh, has one painted in Saudi colors, has the rockets on it, machine guns, and the original Franklin engine in it, and it's... Uh, it's uh, a little underpowered, uh, has been my experience. But with rockets uh, in in two thirty cal, <laughs> yeah, Weigh, weighs a little more than a change of clothes. You know, that's the and and and, and, uh, and a one sixty five horsepower motor. I mean, yeah. you know, it's uh, yeah, it's a little underpowered. Maybe. And it's in its best day, one hundred and sixty five. I, I think it was one sixty five. Yeah. yeah, Franklin motor. But um, wow. Um, they so they they sold six to Saudi Arabia. They sold one to Israel. They sold one to Greece. I think. I think um, Italy bought one. Uh, so they only built about 19 buckaroos before it was over with. And, and uh, Dad was fortunate along the way to, 
to buy, and he, he always called it his kit plane. I've got pictures when it showed up at the back of a, of a tractor trailer. And, uh, uh, you know, I, I learned from an early age how to budget plan for a, for an aircraft project. Uh, it took him 16 years to, to return it to flight. But it, uh, but it came back and it's still flying today. You're, you're headquartered up there in, uh, uh, Charlotte area. And correct. Uh, yeah. Keep that Concord. airplane there. Yeah. Concord. Yep. Concord regional airport. We've got the buckaroo up there. We've got super cub up there. We've got, uh, uh, dad's got Navy on up there. Of course, Swamp Fox is, is faced up there. Uh, oh, he's calling well, you right now. Here somebody, we go. Somebody wants, somebody wants to sell me something. Yeah. I'm sure. I love that. Um, so, so let's talk a little bit about, as we, as we close out the Buckaroo history, uh, you're still flying the Buckaroo. You, I've seen you take it to several air shows to include uh, your home show, which is uh, there at Warriors and Warbirds in uh, Monroe, North Carolina, one of the great Correct. Warbird shows. Started out with the Bobs running it. Yep. And, uh, in fact, we're recording this uh, in July, mid-July, and uh, Tinkerbell, which was owned by the city of Monroe, just departed uh, for its new home down there uh, in uh, Virginia beach, but uh, what a great airport and a great air show. And uh, the buckaroo has been there and uh, has been a, a staple at that show for a number of years. Yes. We've been, uh, we've been uh, blessed to be able to take it to that show and share the history with people. Um, in a, you know, addition with the Mustang and, and honestly, nobody believes this, that the buckaroo is more fun to fly than a Mustang. Um, I wouldn't know. I, I, yeah. I would never, it, I would never have had the privilege you know, in, 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 in my experience, it's, it's similar in a lot of regards to the chipmunk um, that, that you're familiar with. But it's it's light on the controls. It's very responsive, uh, but it's solid. It's uh, it flies in a lot of regards like the P-51. It just doesn't have the horsepower and sex appeal um, yeah. that, that the Mustang does. But, Nor the bill at the gas pump. And we're, we can talk about that in a little while. But uh, uh, the Buckaroo, just a great airplane. And it'd be fun to... Uh, to do a big walk around and all that kind of stuff. We need to do that. Uh, we ought to do that. That'd be awesome. Yeah. Get right. you up here and let you go fly. I'm ready. I'm ready to go attempt it. Well, it's a fun airplane. I've, I actually was driving through one day and I saw you uh, just on a whim, saw you landing uh, the Buckaroo when I was up there doing uh, Marine Week one year. And I think I, oh, I think really? I, yeah, I think I wrote you back then and it was uh, Teresa Eamon and I were out running around and um, yeah, you couldn't, you couldn't join us for dinner, but it was a, uh, you were out doing something, but uh, yeah, it's a yeah. fun airplane, easy airplane to spot, all polished. Let's talk about the Mustang. You, you've been doing this a long time, flying and participating in air shows. Do you want to say when you started? Because this is going to floor a lot of people, I think. Well, I, you know, like I said, I grew up at a young age, and Dad was always involved in the in, in the smaller airframes and, and smaller shows. You know, I got to see Dwight Cross you know, junior fly air shows and, and a lot of the old timers and stuff. It was, um, you know, grew up for the first two years of my life on Doug Creech's farm in North Carolina. And I doubt anybody remembers who Doug Creech was, but he was an old barnstormer. Um, and, and got to meet a lot of the old personalities. So I kind of grew up in and around and going to, uh, like Swift national events in Athens, Tennessee, or, or up in Kentucky in the early days is where they'd have them, uh, Kentucky Dam State Park. Uh, but the first, I, you know, I started flying the Buckaroo in shows back in, after it's, it was returned to flight status in 1990, so probably 91-ish, yeah. around with the Swifts, and then flew uh, 
we got three buckaroos flying at, at one time. And I think it was the first time in like 50 years at Oshkosh in 92. Um, and ever since then you've had a hand in it. And the cool yeah. thing is you did it. You did it the right way. In my opinion, you, you took your time, you got into it. You, you got all of your ratings, including all of your instructor ratings, uh, which I think gives you this, this different perspective when it comes to, to the routine that you're flying today, you fly swamp Fox, a, a North American P 51, a gorgeous, gorgeous airplane. And I didn't even realize this, but years ago on a visit out to Chino, uh, looking at, uh, the, you know, the P 38 that had just been restored there. And, uh, there were two Mustangs in a hangar and we had a, a friend at the time who was showing them to us. Uh, one went to another friend, and, and I didn't know this, but uh, the other one that we saw that day would become Swamp Fox, which I think is pretty yeah. darn cool. It's, you know, the, one of the most amazing things about the aviation community is how small it is. What a small world it is. I can't go anywhere without running into somebody who knows somebody I know or knows an airplane that I've, that I've flown or sat in as a small child or, I, you know, it's just, it's such a wonderful community to be part of. Um, but yeah, yeah. So we, we bought Swamp Fox uh, before it was Swamp Fox in, in 2012 coming out of restoration. And what, and what the reason I tell that story is because I remember being so, so struck by the level of detail in this restoration and the quality of the workmanship uh, that, that went into it, you know, you, you see a lot of restorations, especially doing this since 2009 or whenever it was. Uh, yeah, 2009. You see a lot of them. Uh, here we are a number of years later. Swamp Fox still looks incredible. I mean, it really looks incredible. Well, thank you. I, you know, I try real hard to protect the history. I mean, that's, that's my role. We're just trustees of the history for now and, I do the best I can to share it with as many people as I can at air shows, uh, but protect it at the same time. And so, sometimes those interests can uh, conflict with each other. It's like, Oh, go fly the show, but it's raining and it's polished. And it's, you know, so, um, you know, always trying to, to walk that balance, but we try to take care of it because it's an important piece of history. And well, I appreciate it is. you saying that. And you, you have, you chose the name uh, because of the local history. In fact, uh, let's let's talk a little bit about that because this is such an important part of your life and the reason why you do this. Uh, you're you're right. So the the history behind Swamp Fox, a little bit of the history. So my grandfather was uh, was in the Marines during World War II, and he was a nobody who did nothing, according to him. Uh, and and the more you learn about his history, he actually fought on um, during the Battle of Okinawa and was wounded, was shot, and earned his Purple Heart there. And then you know, they bandaged him up. And uh, after a little R&R, he wound up staying in theater. But um, and up until after the war. The, the fact is that as a huge supporter uh, of, of our military, which has gotten to be so common over the past few decades, um, which is sort of a, a major shift after the Vietnam War, where nobody liked the military. Um, is nobody? A lot of people don't get close to the military and understand what they're about. And the fact of the matter is, it's it's a it's a team sport. 
And us Americans tend to really emphasize sort of the, the quarterbacks. I mean, we like the CEOs, we like movie stars, we like the quarterbacks. That's who we focus on, but it's, it is a team sport. And there are a lot of nobodies that go out and just do their job and do their duty uh, and hopefully get to come home. And uh, we found in doing the research for Swamp Fox, this particular nose art that looked interesting. And the more we researched the pilot, and found that the pilot was still alive. And, and you know, Will, you interviewed Will years ago. Yep. What an unassuming, humble man who just went off and did his duty. And that just kind of fit. It kind of resonated with me, knowing a little bit about my grandfather at the time, that we need to do more of representing to the general public what it takes to be successful as a country. Focused on the military, focused on the warbirds, but... But it takes all of us pulling together and doing our job uh, when, when called on. And, um, and, of course, there's a little bit of humor, as you know. Will grew up in South Carolina, and being the smartass that he was, thought it would be humorous to name his plane after what the British considered a war criminal from, from uh, the Revolutionary War. And, right, <laughs> and, right. And he got in a little bit of trouble uh, over it as well, because his superiors didn't want to offend the British. But... Uh, yeah, but nonetheless, a great story, and and what a guy! Yeah. I mean, the last time I saw him, uh, it was it was down in Monroe at the air show, I think, uh, and he was he was out there dancing at the uh, at, yeah. at the big band hangar dance. I mean, you know, and and what a life, what a life uh, that he had, and a remarkable uh, time and sunset there. I mean, it was just like I said, it was dancing up up until the day he wasn't, you know. He was dancing up to the day he wasn't. Um, he, he remained faithful and stood by the side of his wife. Um, but at the same time, he, he'd come back. Because we, we did several air shows together. Uh, Monroe was one of them, but he'd go around locally where he could. And, uh, of course, all the girls would come out and go dance with him, and they'd put a kiss on his cheek. And I've got pictures of him. I mean, he's got three or four you know, lip, uh, lipstick prints on his, <laughs> on his face. And <laughs> what a guy, you know, what Kat, a guy. his wife would, you know, give him, give him crap about it, but she, she loved it too. And, and he was just, he was in heaven over that. That was, that was awesome. Well, I love it. And I love your demo with, with, with Swamp Fox and it's catching on. I told you this several years ago and, and I don't know if it, I don't know if you really believed me, but I said, you know, your demo that you're doing with Swamp Fox is it's uh, it displays the aircraft. Well, it's not abusing the aircraft and it, it, you know, it looks good. It's a good routine. It's a solid routine, but more importantly, it, it's, it's something that's sustainable. It's a sustainable routine with the airplane. You're not trying to prove anything the way you fly it. And it, it, it looks good. And it's, it, to me, it's just an enjoyable uh, sequence to watch the airplane go through and it's starting to catch on. You're doing more and more air shows across the country. Uh, you've had a, a banner year this year, uh, with some of the shows that you're doing and people are starting to notice you were just in a, in a, in a TikTok video that I don't even think you knew about, uh, that, that sort of popped up on your social media feed, uh, one morning. And I, that kind of stuff is invaluable because someone's going to see that and go, man, what is that airplane? And they're going to look well, it up, you know, and that's that's how this happens. I've I've seen several, uh, you know, either reels or TikTok videos or, or other things pop up where 
friends of mine. Um, you know, Chef Pitts has tagged me in a couple of them. He'll he'll go out. He's a great social media guy. He'll go out and see something, or or you will, and and see Swamp Fox is is part of this video or real. And they didn't tag me or or Swamp Fox and and didn't know to and. And you'll, well, you'll they don't know to because to you're you're not the guy that's out front and center, and that's that that's where I'm going with this. For you, it's all about the history, but inadvertently, someone's going to go look that up. Some 16 year old kid's going to go look that up and say, "What is a swamp fox?" And then they're well, going to read had, the stories of these guys. It's interesting that that I can share the history of the, of the American Revolutionary War, which which is kind of entertaining because the the history of Francis Marion is not widely disseminated, even though Mel Gibson basically did a movie about him years ago. Um, he was very loosely based on, on fact, but that's Hollywood. The, um, and, and then of course, you know, World War II and P-51. No, it's, it's neat to be able to represent multiple venues of history uh, kind of at the same time. And I get, look, I, I love it. Kids will draw pictures of Swamp Fox and bring them up. I've seen Swamp Fox chalk up, chalk art on sidewalks, leaving air shows. Um, and it's not about me. It's, it's about the history. I'm, um, and, and thank you for your kind words about the demo. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm the world's okayest pilot. Got the <laughs> you, coffee you mug got to the prove it. Coffee mug to prove it. Stay with me That's real right. quick. Hang on one second. I want to, I want to drop some big news here. Uh, yep. and I'm, we're going to, we're going to figure out how to do this, but, but stay with us. We'll be right back after this with RT Dixon here on Warbird Radio. Stay with us. This is Warbird Radio. Reminding you that radial engines don't leak oil. They just mark their territory. This is Warbird Radio. Tune in. Take off. We're talking to R.T. Dixon here on Warbird Radio. Glad to be back with you. If you want to support the podcast, simply share it with your friends. And uh, stay tuned here on WarbirdRadio.com. Uh, if you know any good advertisers, we'd love to talk to them. Uh, we need your help here financially to keep the thing on the air. Uh, obviously, this is not, uh, you know, a, <laughs> a member of the Red Cross. So we need your, you know, your advertising dollars. All that stuff helps. So thanks for, for listening to the show and supporting us. R.T. Dixon, uh, the pilot of Swamp Fox, also has, and this is the big news, in restoration... It's one of the worst kept secrets in the world that you actually have an F-86 under restoration. Not one, but two. That's that's what I've heard. Yeah. That's that's you what I've just heard. Yes, I w- thought the Super Cub was going to... I, Yeah, I was dropped on my head as a small child. I mean, there's... <laughs> Which brings me to my next point. If anybody and has a good van down by the river, RT might want to go live in it here in the near future. So... Uh, it was, a, it was reported years ago that uh, that I lived under a bridge, and, and yeah. that, every day brings that closer. There you go. You've got an F-86 that's coming online, and, you know, in the Warbird community, I'm not poking fun at anybody, but uh, we have some very outspoken people uh, who follow vintage military aviation, and uh, they often they often love to just, to just you know, nitpick. Nitpick's not even the right word. They, they like to just... To just continuously bombard people with, well, this paint scheme is wrong, or if I had done it, I would have done this, and it, it's just nobody is happy. Nobody sees I, I an airplane, and they go, I "Wow, that's appropriate." I think it's appropriate to to mention that we call those people rivet counters. Yeah, but you know what I'm going with it. So, so you Absolutely. have had you've had a great idea, and I love this idea. You have an F-86. It's going to be flown on the uh, on the air show circuit. 
That's and, the plan. And you're going to do a, a, a demo in it, an, another great, easy demo on the airplane and on yourself, and, and tell the story, the historic story, of, of the F-86. And I think that that's great. It's another North American airplane. Uh, and just a great story to tell. I mean, Boots Blessé and all these other folks who flew the F-86 uh, in, in such a storied past. You have decided that you're going to run a, a social media campaign, and, and the details will be worked out, but, but essentially you want people to nominate who is going to be honored with the paint scheme on this airplane. Yes, yes. We, we will be rolling out sometime in the future a, a survey, a contest, a, a suggestion box. Yeah. Uh, for, Where you can submit a design and why. So why you think well, this and, is worth it. And it has to be a, a historical design, so don't don't uh, don't break out the crayons just yet. But uh, yes, submit. Uh, we we don't know whether it's just going to be uh, you know list of ten, pick your favorite one, or you know have write-ins or or whatnot. But something like that's coming coming down the pipe. You don't. You probably have long since forgotten this, but one of the greatest things we ever did years and years ago. And God bless. We we do you remember the pink P fifty one that we rolled out. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. We didn't say who it was, you know, who was doing it or anything like that. But we just said this is going to be. We had, you know, the guy that it wasn't even an April Fool's joke, if I remember right. We just kind of did it, and oh god, we took grief for that. So I promise you can hear me say it right now. On on April one, we will not announce RT Dixon's F eighty six scheme. <laughs> we won't do it no. that day. <laughs> this is going to be legit. And, and it's going to be a great idea, and I, and I hope you get a lot of participation on it. But here's the here's the catch: you've got to go to Swamp Fox P fifty one because that's that's your your main presence right now on social media. And uh, that's, and follow that's what that. we've got right now. Yep. Yeah, follow yeah, that because Fox. that's where it's going to be announced. That's where it's going to be announced: uh, Instagram or Facebook, Swamp Fox P fifty one, or on the website, swampfoxp fifty one dot com. Um, We'll, we'll make the announcements on those uh, on those venues. Yeah, going to be great stuff. Where can folks see if they want to follow along and come see this demo we've been talking about uh, with the Mustang and meet you in person? Uh, where's a great place to find your schedule? The, well, we've got the schedule on the website, and uh, we've got a few shows upcoming. Um, Thunder over Michigan's in three weeks. Uh, just got back from Thunder uh, from Wings over Muskegon, which was an incredible show. First time in seventeen years that they've had an air show there. The people of Western Michigan were just phenomenally warm and, and inviting and welcoming, and we had a, we had a blast. But uh, Thunder Over Michigan, uh, so sort of the Eastern Michigan uh, side, uh, will be there uh, a couple weeks after that. We will be in Debert, Nova Scotia, and looking forward to uh, putting on the demo for our Eastern Canadian friends. Just a little bit of a drive, not uh, just a. That's right. <laughs> it's gonna be nice though. That, I'll tell you what, that Merlin's going to love that cool air up there, isn't it? Uh, I'm excited. And, and the, the fires, uh, you know, thank heavens, have, have subsided in some places, so hopefully the smoke won't be too bad. But I hear the lobster and beer's great, so I'm excited. There you go. Uh, and, and then, uh, top secret, in uh, a few weeks after that, uh, the Reno National Air Races, the last Reno National Air Races are going to be held in, in, uh, in Reno. And uh, we'll be out there supporting as the plan. Okay. May even uh, run the six a little bit. Who knows? We'll see. Well, you are qualified, if I remember correctly. 
Uh, well, qualified is a strong word, but yes, I do have my uh, I do have my uh, uh, racing car, my pilot's life uh, racing license. You're that so. jerk that when you get pulled over, that's the first thing you pull out. You say, "Oh, I'm sorry, officer. It's my air racing card." Uh, between between that, that between that and the and visitor base pass, I have at <laughs> McIntyre, which. Oh my goodness! See. Most people don't disclose this kind of stuff, RT. You know, you got to just keep it quiet and not talk about that uh, stuff. But well, that's why I no. love you. <laughs> uh, we always have a good time, and no, I'm not that kind of guy. But not uh, at all. People, people do that, and it's it's funny to poke fun a little bit. All right, so you go follow RT on Swamp Fox, and if you have a really really cool idea for an F86 that's historic that you want to nominate. Be watching, because the details will drop on this contest soon. It's not a contest. It's just a way to really pick something cool. I mean, you might see something that you've never seen before come across your desk and, and just decide right then that's the winner. But but it's going to be a great platform for people to voice their opinion and have some buy-in on. I think it's going to No, it's fun. a great way to get engagement, right? Yep. I, I do... I tend to be a shy guy, but we do this because we love sharing our passion for aviation. And hearing from people engaged is amazing. So, All right. R.T. Dixon, Swamp Fox P-51, and soon an F-86. Maybe awesome soon. talking to you, Matt. All right, brother. Take care of yourself. We'll talk real soon See here you. on Warbird Radio. Thanks again, everybody. Bye-bye.